first slide there. Good morning, everyone. It's my privilege to give the message this morning. Um, Andrew asked me, and uh, I was a little hesitant. I said, but if you help me prepare the notes and stuff to do the research on this, I'd be glad to put the uh, talk together for this morning. So let's open in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, bring your heart spirit upon us and discuss your living word with us that James brings to us believers. Help us learn that our tongues can be dangerous if not used for good. This is especially true for leaders of the church. And may these words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Have you heard these last words before? I mean, a lot of pastors often will use those as they uh, start out a sermon. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This passage is from uh, Psalm 19, 14. And there's a lot of responsibility given to pastors and church leaders to deliver a message that is pleasing to God and true to the word. Today, uh, from James, we'll, we'll be talking about taming the tongue. It's the section in the Bible. Um, so a little bit of a recap. Um, we continue our sermon series in James, and we need to keep in context that James is writing to fellow believers that are dealing with the same things as him. So this wasn't just about him lecturing to a lot of the believers, but this was true for him as well. Although James is a plea for practical living, uh, it's not a thesis on Christian doctrine. The grace of God forms the background of this letter. James describes the life of the Christian should, be, should live and some common sins they should overcome. In our first uh, sermon, uh, it was on trials and temptations, uh, trials and testing, steadfast and inevitability of trials that we follow, um, that we follow Jesus. In the second sermon, we heard about God is the giver of wisdom. God is the giver of wisdom and that is, is, that is good. God is good, capable in listening, and temptations are not from God. In the next sermon, we learned about listening and doing. We cannot separate what we believe from what we do. In the next sermon, we talked about favoritism. We cannot live with favoritism and follow Christ. Judging uh, by the world's standard is evil, and Jesus levels a field. Uh, the, the field with his, his grace. Next was faith and deeds. That was last Sunday. And we, as Christians, we need to translate our belief into action. The works overflow from our faith will be a testimony of our faith. And today we're going to talk about taming the tongue. It's another peril of the community of Christians at that time. And it's a, a similar thing we all deal with teaching on the tongue or speech that we use. Um, James introduced this, um, these topics in, in the first chapter, in verse 19 and, and verse 26. In verse 19, he says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. Then in verse 26, he says, those who consider themselves religious and you do not keep the right rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. 
Have you ever developed foot in the mouth disease? It's pretty common. And I thought it was pretty comical seeing a lot of these memes out there on this particular thing. You see a lot of children with their mouth, their, their feet in their mouth, which if you have children, you know, that's pretty easy for them. But it's a lot harder for us as adults to do. Uh, a lot of times we regret things coming out of our mouth even before we say them. And it gets us in trouble. What symptoms um, do you recently demonstrate with your foot in the mouth disease? Is it hate, gossip, bragging, venomous speech, misleading speech? And why are stricter judgments placed on teachers? James addresses some of this today. This also can be true of our government leaders and other leaders uh, that, we, that we follow especially our spiritual leaders. If you want to turn your Bibles to our Proverbs um, um, lesson from today, uh, I think we, there's a lot we can learn from this uh, related to our tongues and our speech. Uh, don't often go to Proverbs, but I think it has a, a, some good examples for us today. Starting at verse 1, it says, an unfriendly person pursues selfish ends, and against all sound judgment starts quarrels. Do you know anyone like that? They use their tongues to start fights. Pursue selfish ends. This person is quarrelsome and hot-tempered. Are you like that or know someone that is? I've been at different scientific meetings where there's always somebody that wants to stand up and, and start a, basically a fight with you on your research. Um, it never ends well, and... Um, somewhat frustrating for the person trying to give their presentation. Um, that a lot of times they just want to show that they know more than you do. The protest in, in this proverb is against the self-satisfaction which makes a, a man separate himself from the thoughts and opinions of others. Such one finally rages against or quarrels uh, and quarrels of sound wisdom. In verse 4, the words of our mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is rushing stream. Have you ever heard this phrase, deep waters, before? It was sort of new to me um, when I was putting this sermon together. It can mean profound or obscure, um, but in Psalm 18, 16, he reached down from on high and took a hold of me, and he drew me out of the deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream, and the wise man's words are refreshing and a source of life for us. So there's a contrast between deep waters and rushing streams here. In verse 5, it is not good to be partial, partial to, be, to the wicked, and so deprive the, the innocence of justice. This verse relates back to some early sermon uh, on favoritism. Favoritism of any kind was condemned by the law of the Old Testament. And we can use this, our tongue, to show favoritism. In verse 6, uh, the, the lips of fools bring strife, and their mouths invite beating. A fool is quick to quarrel and, 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 and can bring punishment. Have you ever gotten in trouble because of your mouth? Would you be better off for just keeping quiet? It is the nature of the fool to argue. These words often bring them in contention. 
and contentious words invite punishment, and sometimes this punishment can be a physical correction. The blows are the rod of correction. In verse 7, the mouths of fools are, are their undoing, and their lips are, are snare of their very lives. If we are wise with our mouths, uh, rather than bubbling, uh, the wise will prosper. Being quick with our mouth can bring ruin on ourselves. And, and as a place in Proverbs, the snare here speaks of the life of being the fool. It includes the inner spiritual self, but it's not restricted to it. The fool's life is trapped, caught in a snare, and by, the, by his foolish words. It is most remarkable that the Apostle Paul, when analyzing man's depravity, and focuses on uh, the little part and all that is linked to it, the throat, the tongue, the lips, and the mouth. In Romans 3, verses 13 to 14, it says, Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. In verse 8, the words of gossip are like morsels. They go down into their most part. Who here likes a good piece of gossip? However, the words are, are, are pleasant as a wise man's words, but they promote dissension and the lives live on and on. The words of the talebearer are like nasty trifles. The gossip of evil reports brought on the talebearer are almost impossible to resist. Those who know, should know better find it difficult to tell the talebearer to stop talking. The importance of the Proverbs expressed in the repetition being repeated in Psalm 26, 22 as well. Here we also says it, they go down to, to the innermost body. When we see the words of the talebearer, they normally have an effect on us. The words go down into us and often change the way we think and feel about people. Even in what the talebearer says isn't true, it isn't confirmed. God gave strong words regarding the confirmation of testimony. He says in 2 Corinthians 13, 1, this will be, um, this, this will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by testimony by two or three witnesses. In 2 Timothy, do not entertain accusations against the elders unless it is brought by two or three witnesses. Okay, if you want to change, open your Bibles or change, go move forward in, into James. It's the end of the Bible. And let's look at James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Um, let's first look at James 1 through 2, um, the opening um, section of this chapter. James begins by addressing a few of the perils in the community of believers in today's theme. And he starts developing the theme in chapter 1, as I mentioned earlier. It says in chapter 3, verses 1 through 2, it says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly, and we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is ever at fault in what they say or, or is perfect and able to keep the whole, whole body in check. In verse 1, because a teacher has great influence, he will become more accountable. 
Jesus addressed this with teachers of the law in Luke uh, chapter 20, verses 47. He says, they devour widows' houses and for the show and make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished more severely. We, used by James here, um, is noting that he is in the same boat is the same boat as all of us. We all stumble um, with our tongues. With the gift of whole teaching, the peril of having an untamed tongue is significant, and thus teaching should be taken with gravity and responsibility. In Luke chapter 12, 48, it says, but with one who does not know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with, with few blows. From everyone who has been given much, but much will be demanded. And from one who has been entrusted with much, much will be asked. Then in Hebrews 17, 17, we read, Have confidence in your leaders and submit to the authority and keep watch over as those who must uh, be given an account. Do this, that their work and joy will, be, will not have a burden, for much will be of no benefit to you. Teachers were a vital part of the church, as they are today, and some who were ambitious sought that title for the wrong reasons. A pastor or teacher can have a few words or misplaced thoughts send the entire church down a path that leads somewhere else other than Jesus. I think we can use this with a number of denominations today that would rather follow the worldly desires rather than biblical truths. A person uh, re reflects, a person's words reflect on their character. In Luke 4, verse 45, it says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored in their ha his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in their heart. For much speaks of the heart is full of. Here we also talk about the perfect man. Since the tongue is difficult to control, anyone who controls it perfectly can gain control of himself in, the, in other areas of their life as well. However, James says here that all Christians stumble and in many ways. The perfect man that James is viewing is this is not attainable, this side of heaven, but emphasis that need for Christian teachers to seek heaven's wisdom. Uh, which is next week's topic, rather than be more like, and be, that they may be more like Christ and less subject to his own stumbles and imperfections. Moving on to uh, verses 3 through 6, we put bits into the mouths of horses and make them obey us. We turn the whole animal, or take the ship as an example. Although they are large and driven by the strong winds, that they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider the great forest set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the body parts. It's corrupt the whole body and sets the whole course of the life on fire. Itself is set on fire. We see in, in, in verses 3 and 4 that Jesus takes the example of the horses and the ships to emphasize the power of our tongue. Two very small things have great ability to steer. 
Likewise, the tongue is small, but can be used to steer everything a person says and does, for better or for worse. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who live will eat its fruit. Will eat its fruit. In a paraphrase of N.T. Wright says, the tongue seems to be the last part of the body to learn the lesson. But how important it is for the tongue to learn. In verses 5 through 6, we see great boasting of the tongue can set many things, set ablaze many things. This boasting reflects both pride and the inability many show when, when, when showing restraint. The world of evil had, uh, the world of evil among the body parts is like the world of fallenness. Sinful words and actions involve the tongue are the evil, world of evil and contribute to the evil world that we live in and, and can corrupt the, ex, the extent of setting the, the whole course of one's life on fire, leading to hell. Set on fire by hell is a figurative way of saying that the source of the tongue evil is the devil. In John 8, 44, we read, If you are your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do, he, he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks to his own resources. And for a liar and the father of it. In James 7 and 8 we read, all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by, by mankind. But no human being can, be can tame the tongue. It is restless, evil, and full of deadly poison. Humans are capable of many wonders. Um, they contain many um, beasts and animals. And we have many types of domestic animals today. And this is all done by man. But we are incapable of taming our tongues. This has been going on for thousands of years. And James disagrees and assesses that no one can completely control their speech. Thus a need for God's work and help in this area. Only in Christ, through, by grace, through faith, can we be learned to use our tongues for good godly and internal uh, purposes. In James uh, th uh, 9 through 12, we read, With the tongue we praise the Lord our Father, and with it we curse human beings, who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt bring produce fresh water. In verses 9 through 10, in God's likeness, since man is made like God, and to curse a man is basically to curse God. At the heart of the argument, we find that once again the plea to do faith and remember ourselves in the mirror when we walk away. The Christian witness depends on our ability to have our tongue trained and bridled in the way of Jesus. It is a hypocrisy to bless God in worship and curse God or another person made in his own image later on. In 
verses 11 through 12, we see the blessing and the cursing with the same tongue. It's like trying to get salt water and fresh water from the same source. In the same way, the cursing of our tongue will overtake and contaminate even the good that we might use it for. Trees also can produce two kinds of fruit. Cannot produce two kinds of fruit. Rather, they were, they were made to do what they were made to do. In the same way, we are created to produce fruit of blessing, truth, and wisdom with our tongues. So in conclusion, um, our words and tongues can be used for, for vast evil, but they can also be used for God's goodness. James' desire for us is to be a blessing only, rather than a blessing and a, curse, and a cursing people. This passage is meant for all Christians, and just not teachers. What we say matters, and what we, we think matters. And work flows out of the faith of Jesus Christ. In closing, I want to read a passage from Ephesians 4.29 where it says, Do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. That is, they may benefit those who listen. Thank you.